morning, Oakwood. It was this summer at the North American Christian Convention, 5,000 pastors and church leaders. uh, We heard a message by a guy named Herbert Cooper on the last night, and it was uh, what we're talking about today on Acts 27, Uh, and it's just kind of inspired, uh, he inspired this uh, message in me, and uh, I've been, uh, it's one of those I've been kind of in the hopper, I've been waiting for the right moment, been praying about, when when do I share this message, and today is the day. So I want you uh, to turn in your Bibles, or if you're using your phone or your tablet, turn in the app to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. This is one of those sermons where we're going to keep going back to that chapter over and over and over again, all the way to the end. So you want to keep it open. After we read the first part, don't close it. Keep it open the whole time. We're going to be talking about that. We're talking today about a storm. A storm. How many of you ever been caught in a storm? I mean caught in a storm. Okay, so some of you, maybe you've been caught in a storm on a lake. I had that experience uh, this summer in Arkansas. A storm blew up really fast on a lake. A very, very uh, scary time as the winds were coming up, kind of blowing us about. Uh, nothing like what we're going to read today. But uh, my best storm story uh, really comes from a couple of years ago at spring break. I was taking the family to the panhandle of Florida. And as we left uh, in that, and it was in March, as we left, um, we encountered storms in eastern Oklahoma. Uh, these storms were so bad and so ferocious that it actually changed our route. And uh, I, I thank the Lord for this app called Radar Scope. And I have this Radar Scope app where I can see these radars in detail. It's the same app that a lot of the storm chasers use. And so I downloaded the app a long time ago um, and had, had used Radar Scope. And I was watching, and I was literally changing our route on the way to Florida, dodging hail cores and, and dodging, you know, you know, pockets of rotation. Um, it changed our route that we thought we were going through Tulsa and going over that route. We actually dropped down to I-40, encountered another storm coming. Literally, it was all day storms. And, and it was very, very stressful. I remember one time it was raining so hard, we're going down the interstate on I-40. It began to rain so hard. It wasn't hail, it was just rain. So hard, I could not see anything. That's how hard the water was coming down. So it was one of those things, you know, do you stop in the middle of the highway and hope the guy behind you stops? Because I can't see the person in front of me anymore. So you kind of pull over to the side, you turn on your emergency blinkers, and you pray. <laughs> That's what you do. I mean, it was literally some of the most intense storms. I remember getting to the hotel that night, and we didn't, we didn't make it near as far as we wanted to uh, uh, on that day. Uh, but somewhere in Arkansas, we stopped, and I remember being physically tired from the stress of the storms, from having to navigate and worry about going here and changing this route and going this direction. Oh, now we're going to have to go north. Oh, now we're going to have to go south and going to all these places. I mean, a storm can really mess with you, right? A storm can really mess with your life. That's what we're talking about today in Acts 27 because we're going to be talking about a storm that the Apostle Paul and and some people went through together. Because the fact is, storms are going to happen here on earth. It may be a storm physically, maybe something with your body. It may be a relational storm, it may be a financial storm, maybe a storm at work, or maybe with your, your company, with your business. Some of you might be going through a personal spiritual storm or a spiritual crisis at this time. But there's one thing that we could all say we have in common, is that we all have storms in life, and life is not easy all the time. In fact, for some of us, I'd say life is not easy any of the time. And we go through storms, and sometimes stormy seasons. Let's look at our passage this morning, Acts chapter 27. We're going to begin with verse 13, but let me give you just a little bit of background so you understand where we're at. Paul is traveling on a vessel, and he is actually a prisoner. Uh, His ultimate goal and ultimate goal of of the centurion and the people that are keeping him prisoner is to get him to Rome. He is to appear before Caesar. 
And, and so this ship is loaded with cargo, it's loaded with prisoners, and, and they're all setting sail. And it's getting late in the season to be sailing, and, and winter is coming in, and we don't sail in, in winter. And I just thought it was so odd this morning as I get up and there's a winter weather advisory this morning. I don't know if you guys got that on your phone. Winter weather advisory. I was like, it's fall. Winter doesn't start till December 21st, but we, we're in a winter weather advisory, so, so look out for the snowflakes later today. But it's winter, it's a bad time to be traveling, they're kind of pushing the envelope. In fact, if you read in some of the verses uh, just before, in, in verse 9 it says, uh, since much time had passed, the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over. That's the Day of Atonement fast is what they're referencing there. So Paul advised them because he is well respected. I mean, he was living out the gospel in his life, and he'd won a lot of friends that way. He said, sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and with much loss, not only to the cargo and the ship, but also to our lives as well. And you know what they were trying to get to is they were trying to actually get to Phoenix. How many of you ever been to Phoenix? Anybody here ever been to Phoenix? Wow, there's a lot more people been to Phoenix than I thought. Phoenix is a port in Crete, and so there's a lot more of you been to Phoenix than I thought. But that's where they're trying to get before winter. But they've waited till late in the season. There's a lot more danger now. Now let's get to verse 13 and start the story. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, which was to get out of there, to go port in Phoenix over in Crete, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind, that, what that word tempestuous means is very, very bad, very, very strong, a stormy wind. A tempestuous wind called a northeaster. What do we call it now today in the United States? Up in the northeast, they call it a nor'easter, right? Nor'easter brings these storms, massive snowfall winds and storms, and sometimes uh, tornadoes out of those things, uh, rock in the seas. That's what they had. They had this tempestuous wind called a northeaster, and it struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught, it could not face the wind. We gave way to it and were driven along. So in other words, they're in a sailboat, obviously, in this era, and they're sailing along, and they can't go the way they want to go. So they lower the sails, and they just let the seas, and they let the storm, and they let the wind just push them along wherever they're going to go. Running under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. Talking about the lifeboat. After hoisting it up, they used the supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on, on, on the Syrtis, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. So they've pretty much lost control of the ship. The storm is pushing them along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, violently, they began the next day to jettison the cargo to lighten the load of the ship so it'd stay afloat. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, this storm wasn't just, a, just an overnight thing. This went on for days and days and days. And so no small tempest lay on us all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. They said, we're not going to make it. We should, we should have left port. We should, we, should have, we should have stayed. We're not going to make it. They, they abandoned all hope that they would actually survive this storm. I want to share with you this morning four storm survival strategies that we need to make it through storms in life. That we need to listen to God. That we need to lean into Him more and put our faith in Him and have our encouragement from Him. And the first one this morning, the first storm survival strategy is to stay on the ship. It's to stay on the ship. 
Okay, let's go, let's go back. We're going to go back a little bit further uh, to verse 21, picking up right up where we left off. It since, says, since they had been without food for a long time, several days, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Because remember, he told them, that's his moment. I told you so. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all who all, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we, but we must run aground on some island. Now verse 27. When the 14th night of the storm, the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight in the middle of the night, the sailors suspected that they, we were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. So it's getting more shallow. And fearing that we might run onto the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, they had lowered the ship's boat, that's the life raft, they lowered the ship's boat into the sea under the pretense of laying out anchors from the bow. And Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. See, they lowered the lifeboat, and their plan was to get in it. And Paul says, wait a second, you've got to stay on the ship to be saved. Stay on the ship. And so many of us, were pretending like everything's okay in life, and it's really not. And if we would just admit it, we would like to put down a lifeboat and jump ship from our situation. Some of you come in here this morning because you're desperate. You're like, I'm on this ship, I'm in this storm, and I'm done with it. I'm just going to lay a lifeboat out here. I'm going to go my own way. It would just be easier if I would just bail and jump ship. But sometimes God's direction for us, as it was for Paul and his companions in this voyage, was to stay on the ship. Maybe you get depressed. And it doesn't help that you're on social media, out there on Twitter, reading fake book and InstaLie, and you get even more depressed. You get even more depressed because everyone else is having this jolly good time and this stress-free life, this perfect little life with their perfect little family, going on their perfect little vacations, and everything is just perfect. And you're thinking about bailing out of your situation, and you're going to go your own way. You're not going to follow God's leading or God's plan anymore. And God is saying to you this morning, stay on the ship. Some of you may be struggling, and you're thinking about leaving the faith. I mean, you're thinking about leaving the church because there's something that's hard right now, and you think it would just be easier if you just moved on. But God is saying, trust me and stay on the ship. Maybe the storm is in your marriage, and it's raging right now, and you're about to bail out on the lifeboat, and God is saying to you, stay on the ship. Maybe it's issues with your kids. It's your finances. It's sin in your life. It's gossip. It's slander. You're just wanting to run away. You're wanting to bail out because it's really hard right now, and God is saying to you, in the hardness of your circumstances, to stay on the ship. For some of, it's, for some of you, maybe your job. You're not planning on going to work tomorrow. In fact, you're planning on quitting tomorrow, but maybe God is telling you to stay on the ship because let me tell you the truth this morning I think most of the time it takes more faith to stay than it does to go going is just a cop-out 
Going is just trading one set of problems for a whole different set of problems. And sometimes God tells us to stay on the ship. When the adversity comes at you and the ship is rocking and the wind is blowing and the rain is pounding and the lightning is flashing, you got to learn to stay on the ship. And you're not going to abandon yourself into the devil and his plan in some other way other than God's. But you're going to abandon yourself and surrender yourself to the Lord and his plan. And sometimes his plan says, stay on the ship. You cannot have the relationship with God that you want with one foot in the life raft and one foot on the boat. You can't do it that way. God is saying, get your full self on the ship and stay there. Stay on the ship. Make up your mind this morning that you're going to go God's way. That you're going to trust him completely. And that some of you... That means you need to stay on the ship. Now look at verse 32. Verse 32 says this. And then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and they let it go. The lifeboat. The one that they put down in the sea that was their escape route. They let it go. Do you know what that means? That means they're all in now. Putting their faith in God now, right? No backup plan. No, well, if this doesn't work out, we'll go this way. They are surrendered 100% now to what the Apostle Paul had said through his faith in God. Sometimes I know you feel like God forgot me or God is mad at me or God doesn't love me anymore because of what I've said or what I've done. And when you have that kind of stinking thinking is what I call it sometimes. When you have that kind of stinking thinking, you got to get rid of your backup plan and choose to stay on the ship. And some of you need to look at your friends and your neighbors sitting around you, beside you, behind you, in front of you right now. You need to look them in the face right now, and you need to encourage them to stay on the ship. So go ahead and do that right now. Turn to somebody right now and say, stay on the ship. We need to stay on the ship. The second storm survival strategy this morning is to be still and know who's in control. Be still and know who's in control. Because the fact is, you are not in control. The devil wants to make it seem like you're in control. He wants you to think like you're in control, that you don't need anybody but yourself to run your life a certain way. But you're not in control, and you should praise the Lord for that. You really should. Psalm 46.10, some of you need to hang on to this verse this, this morning. It says, to be still and know that I am God. Be still. Still yourself. Rest. Know that I am God. Know who's in control. I know that the storm is still raging and it's stressful and you're growing more anxious by the day. Your situation seems to be getting worse. You realize I cannot manage this anymore. And when it feels like everything in your life is falling apart, be still and know who's in control. Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. He said, And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? If you then are not able to do as small as a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? You're worrying your, your anxiety isn't going to add an hour to your life, so why do you spend, spend time and energy worrying about the rest? Worrying and being anxious is not good. It's not good mentally. It's not good emotionally. It's not good physically. And I wish I could tell you this morning, hey, I figured this out, that I, I could say before you this morning, hey, I, I perfected this in my own life. But I haven't. Amy and I don't have that maybe figured out yet. But I will tell you some things that we've learned over time is in the midst of the storm, you can find some encouragement by knowing who's in control. You can find some encouragement there that will get you through. 
And in verse 36 of our passage, it says that they were all encouraged. Paul told them to take some food into their bodies because they hadn't ate for so long. And it says that they were all encouraged. The storm was still raging. They were still afraid of a shipwreck. But they got some encouragement. The circumstances hadn't changed. But take heart. Your Savior is near. The Lord is in control. And He's bigger than any storm. And sometimes you got to stand back and say, you know, I'm going to be still and know who's in control. Because if I really believe in God then I know that he's got this. I may not be able to see the outcome. I know it's painful right now, but i got to believe that he's got this. The third storm survival strategy is to praise God in the storm. Praise God in the storm. Look at verse 35 of our passage today. It says, And when he had said these things, he took bread, this is the Apostle Paul, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all Of those on the ship, he broke it, and he began to eat. Storm's still raging, never says, oh, the storm let down. He just said, hey, hey, brothers, we need to eat, we need to be encouraged. And when he did that, he said, I'm giving thanks to God in the middle of this. If you go back to verse 23, look what it says. It says, for this very night there stood before me an angel of the Lord God, to whom I belong and to whom I worship. Even in the storm, I will worship. The storm is still raging, and Paul is still praising. Storms will try to rob you of your praise of the Heavenly Father. That's what the devil wants, to get your eyes on yourself, to get your eyes on your situation, get your eyes off of Jesus. What does that wonderful song say? Do you remember? Do you remember what it says? Look full in his wonderful face. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And the light of his glory and grace. That song lived out in this passage. You see, anybody can praise God when it's going well. Everything happy and going well in your life. It's easy to come in here on Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, part of our maturity in Christ and mature praise emerges from praising God even when things aren't perfect. Even when things aren't going well. Even when we're in the middle of a storm. It seems, seems like we shouldn't be doing that, but that's exactly what we need to be doing because then we're focusing our mind's attention and our heart's affection on the Almighty God who's the one that can help us get through our storm. And so we praise His name. If you want to know, how am I going to make it through? Maybe you need to praise Him in the middle of your storm. Look what it says. Some of you need this Psalm 42.11. Maybe this is your verse. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You can be depressed, you can be stressed and nervous and say, yet I will praise him. In the middle of a supercell thunderstorm, you can say, yet I will praise him. In financial stress and torment, you can say, yet I will praise him. Diagnosis from a doctor that you never thought you'd hear. And yet, I will praise him. Marriage on the rocks. And yet, I will praise him. People slandering and talking bad about you and your family. And yet, I will praise him. A close friend just turned their back on you. And yet, I will praise him. You fill in the blank with your stormy situation and say, yet, I will praise him. Because he's good. Because he loves you. And because he's powerful. Because he is your ever-present help in time of need. So yet, you'll praise him. 
storm survival strategies, let's review. Stay on the ship. Be still and know who's in control. Praise God in the storm. But I said I would give you four. The last one is something that you need to remember. Remember, God can get you there on broken pieces. God can get you there on broken pieces. Let's look what happens in the passage, Acts 27, look at verse 39. It says, now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. If we can just get control of this ship, we can run it maybe in this little bay, and we can, we can softly put this ship up, up on the shore there. There's some sand there. We'll just run it up nice and easy. And so verse 40, so they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea. They're all in now. And at the same time, loosening the ropes they, tie, they had tied to the rudders to control the ship, then hoisting the foresail to the wind that they made their way for the beach. But then verse 41 happened in the storm. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. And the bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. They didn't make it. They ran the ship aground. And now the ship is literally hit a reef, hit some rocks, and is being torn apart. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to that point in which you feel like your ship is breaking into pieces? My marriage is falling apart. My kids are falling apart. How I'm feeling physically, it's breaking apart. What do you do when life isn't what you thought, when it isn't what you want, when it's not what you had planned, when it's not what you had envisioned, and yet you're still sailing and the storm is still raging? And what do you really need? You need to remember that God can even get you there on broken pieces. He can get you there on broken pieces. Look at verse 41. Again, let's read that verse again. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. In case even one of them, they're on the hook for all those prisoners. They said, let's just kill them all. Let's go slaughter all the prisoners, be done with that. We don't have to worry about if one of them make it to the shore. But look at verse 43, because God is in control. It says, But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land. And the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. Did you catch that? If you can swim, go ahead and swim and try to get there. Because some of you will be able to swim and you'll be able to get there. But the rest of you are going to have to grab on to some broken pieces. And sometimes I think we get so focused on our situation, on our circumstance, we don't focus on what God wants us to focus on. We, we, we begin to think about what we've lost. That the ship is breaking apart, that it's going down. And that we look back at the storm. We look back at all of our circumstances we long for the time when we were important in safety a long, long time ago. We wish for the way that things were sometimes. You may be sitting here this morning saying, you know what? You don't know what I've lost. 
You don't know what has happened to me. You don't know what someone did to me. I can't believe they hurt me like that. I am suffering in so much pain right now. But we need to hear that God is sovereign over all, that He works in all and through all things. And if He wanted your boat to get there in one piece, then He could do that. But sometimes God has other plans to get us there. And sometimes He'll get you there a different way. And sometimes you just got to learn to grab hold of some broken pieces. Broken pieces. Because your ship is falling apart. And it's broken. And the waves and the seas and the ship was trying to hold together. It ran up on that reef and it just kept hitting and it broke. And now these pieces are just floating around. And I know some of you are like, well, I'm, you know, I thought I was going to get there on the ship and I can't swim. It's too far to shore. How is God going to get me there? And some of you need to have faith that God can get you there on broken pieces. That it doesn't matter what happened to you. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God can get you to shore. God can get you to safety on broken pieces. You have to have faith. You have to have belief that God's going to do that. Look at the end of verse 44. It says at the beginning of 44, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. All were brought safely to the land. Even the guys that couldn't swim. How'd God get them there? Broken pieces. God got them there on some broken pieces. Some pieces that we thought, man, be a lot better if these were intact. It'd be a lot better if the ship stayed intact. But now it's time to go. Now it's time to go. And some of you need to say, well, this is just a small piece of faith that I have in God. That's all right. Got to get you there on broken pieces. Some of you say life hasn't ended up like I thought it would. That's all right. Got to get you there on some broken pieces. Some of you, some of you need this verse today. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Listen to this. This might be your verse this morning. It says, and when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not over, overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you will not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Why? Because God says it doesn't matter your circumstances, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've been through, all of these pieces here. I can use them. All of the hurt and all the pain and all the anxiety in your life. I can use these things to rebuild you again. I can use these things that you thought were broken. I can actually use these as a part of your story to save you. And God says to you this morning, I will get you there on some broken pieces. And guess what? You need to have hope in God. And I want to tell some of you this morning that thought you were dying and you barely came to church today because of your circumstances. God's throwing you out some broken pieces this morning and saying, latch on. And I want to give you encouragement this morning and tell you, you're going to make it. Even though it may feel like you're not, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. God's going to see it through. Whatever you're going through, whatever storm in life, latch on to Him. Latch on just a little bit of faith. Grab on to a broken piece because you're going to get there. Even if you get there on broken pieces. Let's pray.